Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today we have with us Gail Villanueva with Noteworthy Investments. Welcome, Gail. Thank you. I'm glad to be here today, Mr. Cantor. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Noteworthy Investments. How are you serving folks? <laughs> well, we're doing pretty good. Um, Noteworthy Investments is a company that I started um, a few years back. Um, I retired from NASA and I wanted to go ahead and do something different, you know, rockets to real estate, if you will. So I started Noteworthy Investments. Um, I trademarked my name, Gail, the Note Gal, because as you can see, Villanueva just rolls off your tongue. <laughs> so I wanted something that was catchy to explain the majority of my business because I'm a, a note investor, but I'm also a note coach and a real estate coach. Well, before we get too far into things, tell us what a note is so we understand. Ah, okay. Notes are instruments that um, secure uh, against a property, a car. If you have a car note, a mortgage, um, a note is attached to that, and they are bought and sold uh, every day. Uh, for example, if you've ever bought a house and then you get a letter a few days later or a couple of weeks later and say, hey, send the payments now to this company, that's because they sold the mortgage note. So some folks don't want to deal with the brick and mortar aspect of real estate because of you know, worrying about tenants or anything like this. So this gives them another opportunity to invest in real estate, become the bank of, say, Bank of Gale, and not have to worry about those uh, tenants or maintenance or anything like that. So now what is your backstory? How did you kind of discover the opportunity within the note, the note game? You know, that's an excellent question because a lot of folks that deal in real estate, and I've been doing it for decades, don't realize there's another aspect to the industry as far as note investing. So I had done rehabs, I've done buy, you know, bought and sell property, bought and held property for rentals. And what I was discovering, it was very difficult to compete against my colleagues who were doing rehabs because rehabs were my favorite thing to do. Take an ugly house, go make it beautiful. Then those TV shows came on and made it sound so glamorous and easy. Everybody became a rehabber. So I needed to find something else. And what I discovered was a, uh, she's now a friend. She also lived in central Florida and was teaching folks the note investing business. So I gave her a call and realized, oh my gosh, with my analytical brain, because you, you take the emotions out of it, I should be able to do okay in this. So I jumped into it and the rest is history. So now walk me through what it was like that first note that you, I guess, do you purchase the note or uh, how do you kind of get involved with the actual activities of the business? Ah, I was involved with um, um, a network of folks. I still am. You know, we're national and international. So when I went to go buy that first note, oh my gosh, of course it's scary. So I partnered with somebody and we did okay. So me being an overachiever, decide, well, shoot, one, why can't I go buy five? So I bought my first pool of notes. Like you know, where well, do you go to buy a note? Do you just 
you just how do you even know where they are ah uh, <laughs> that's a mystery um you can't go into the bank you know uh, i had a friend of mine say well i'll just go in the bank and ask them if they're selling any notes and i just smiled because you can't go in because a lot of folks inside the banking industry don't even know this is happening so oftentimes when you'll call a bank and say hey i'd like to buy a note they're like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And they'll send you over to their REO department, real estate owned department, um, or something along those lines, and it doesn't make any sense. So the way you find the notes, and that's part of my coaching, is you look for hedge funds, you look for other investors, um, you make them. That's my favorite, is if you go and you create a note on a house, like you buy a free and clear property, you create a note. And you're selling a, a property with owner financing. Um, that's one way to find them. Another way is you get involved with other investors that may want to sell all or part of their mortgage note. And then um, because you can sell like just a stream of payments, like if you don't want to sell your home mortgage note, you get 360 payments. But say you want to go on a vacation finally <laughs> after COVID, you sell $10,000, $12,000 worth of payments. And then the note comes back to you. It's so cool because you can be creative and you don't have any um, banking or industry requirements for underwriting or any of those other things. Now, I do have someone I work with that creates all the paper, um, you know, that, that you have to do a title closing. They do all these other, um, he does all these wonderful things, qualifies a person as an underwriter. And then you make this decision whether or not you want to go ahead and approve the loan. Because it's your loan. So now an underwriter sounds scary. Like it sounds like I better have a lot of uh, money or I better have a lot of credentials to be an underwriter. Is it, can anybody be an underwriter? Yeah, you can. You can go to that training and, and thank goodness I never really got into that aspect of it. But yes, you can become and learn how to become an underwriter. And then you have to be licensed in the states that you're doing the loans and I know somebody that works in all 50 states. So rather than me personally being concerned with that, but yes, you can become an underwriter and an underwriter can be like an undertaker. <laughs> um, anytime you go to the, any bank, you go and they look at all your, you know, you said your collateral, your history, your payment histories of everything, you know, you feel like you're being raked over the coals and usually you are. And it depends on how strict the underwriting requirements have become. Now, after COVID, everybody got paranoid about loaning money. So um, the different things that people do when they look at whether a borrower is worthy as a personal, you know, a person that I'm in this business, I look at more than their paper. Every note has a story. And sometimes you have someone like I told you I retired from NASA, right? I was a post challenger hire. So I've been out there for a few minutes. And we started bringing in these new folks for the new programs. They were just out of college. They made a hundred grand a year and they could not qualify for a loan because they didn't look right on paper to the bank in their underwriting department. <clears throat> so rather than deal with that, we deal with private mortgages and private lending. And that's what my, my team, not my team, my, oh, my colleagues, everybody out there in the industry, we all work together as far as collaboration on notes. And a lot of the notes that come out of hedge funds, you know, you, you release a 
two or three million dollar pool into a hedge fund of all these mortgages, <clears throat> that's where we generally get a lot of our inventory from hedge fund managers because they um, they're easy to work with. Unless you have like fifty or sixty million dollars sitting around, you're not going to be able to deal with the big banks. So now, uh, so we get a little. We can go ahead. So go you're ahead. in your business today, though. You're doing that kind of work. But you're also coaching uh-huh. people on how to get into this industry? Well, yes. What happened was, and I'll, I'll step back a few years, <clears throat> was when I first started doing coaching, I was coaching primarily real estate agents. And what I discovered was, in one person in particular, I was having a heck of a time with this guy. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. And then one day I asked him, I said, so why did you get into real estate as a real estate agent? He says, because of all the money I could make. <laughs> and I smiled and I said, well, you know, and I broke it down for him because an average million dollar producer as an agent only brings home about $30,000 a year. And a lot of folks don't realize that. So I started breaking down the commissions to him and showing him and he goes, oh, this is messed up. And I said, but you're so analytical. Why didn't you go into real estate as an investor? And he goes, you know, I never really thought about it. So that's the way he ended up going. So I was thinking one day, kind of, I was talking to a friend of mine. I said, you know, why is it that people get into real estate and they don't think about their best fit and they don't think, think about the pros or cons or even if their personality could possibly match up to the profession they've chosen? And my friend looked at me and he said, I don't know. I said, you know what? I think I'm going to write a book on this. So I did. And I took the five professions that I'd worked in and broke down the pros and cons and personality types of each of the professions so that folks could look at what the profession involved before they committed to it. And those are are the five professions that you've experienced in and around the real estate business? That I have personally done. I have been a realtor, buy and hold. Um, rehabber, I don't like the word fix and flip, a wholesaler and a note investor. Now there's others, you can get into commercial and you can get into all that. But those are the five main ones that I came across. And you have to have certain, I mean, everybody can succeed in real estate, don't get me wrong. But without beating your head against the wall, you know, have you considered whether, you know, you're a people person or, you know, you you like going and, and being of service? Do you well, known investors are of service. I've purchased non-performing mortgages to keep people from losing their house and remodified it because, again, I'm the bank. I could do what I want as long as I was in usury loss and then just help them keep their house. So that's what I started really looking at doing the last few years is getting the message out. And then this last year, we lost a year. So I basically have only been doing it for about a year of trying to encourage folks to really sit down and think about what they want to achieve for themselves and their goals, and then thinking about everything thoroughly before they commit. And what I found was there were no other coaches taking this into consideration. And I thought, well, how odd is that? Because you can teach the mechanics of the real estate business just as you can teach them the mechanics of flying a rocket. But if you're not like enthused about it, if you're not into it, you're not going to do well. 
So that's what I'm reaching out to as many people as I can to say, look, these are the characteristics that are most successful in the business, and these are the ones that are not. And I'll give you a good example. I was a realtor for many, many years and did really good. And then I got offered a job with NASA and jumped and went out there, but kept my license and was able to do both. But it, it's, it's kind of like if you really want to see someone succeed and you know what it could possibly do to help them, you want to come from a place of service to do it. Because I spent a lot of money on, on seminars and things that just never really went anywhere. But as an agent now, when I walk into a place, I, I look at it like differently. Like if it's, you know, people say, well, you know, the floor, the, the rooms are too small. I'm like, take out a wall <laughs> or the, the color is horrible. I got a friend named Benjamin Moore. <laughs> you know, you can't do that. You have to be, um, I, 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 I bless all agents that I know now because they just have to have the patience of a saint. And I point that out too. And willing to work 365 days a year. Right. They have to be willing to work on the days that most people have off or the evenings most people have off because that's when the people want to see the houses. Correct. And then each, again, each transaction's got a different story. And you're balancing people's lives. And you're balancing, they're making the biggest of business uh, you know, decision of their lives. Well, as an investor, I look at it and say, well, do the numbers make sense? <laughs> but with a traditional transaction, you can't do that. It's like, oh, the house, the school, you know, everything. Um, again, the mindset. Now, now, I can go back to work as an agent. Now, if if my if say I have an interest in real estate and I'm thinking about it and I don't know all the stuff you've just said, like I'm just a, a regular person who like oh I'm gonna get, I want to get involved, so I mean I want to you know I watch those shows on TV, so I'm gonna buy a house cheap and then I'm gonna fix it up and then I'm gonna flip it. Uh, is that the mm -hmm. best way to make money, or is there one of is there a better way? If all I care about is making money in real estate, is is that the best way or easiest way to make money or should I go the note way that you're saying, which seems a little like, I don't know anything about that. There's no TV shows about notes. <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? That's why I got into it too. Cause I knew nobody was going to mess up that business model. Um, well, the, the thing that you have to uh, kind of take into consideration with that is active versus passive income and the taxing of that. Because when you do a rehab, you're taxed at a, active tax rate, so depending on what the person's tax rate is or however things like that. The fastest, easiest way to make money is not the easiest, but it's wholesaling. You find a house, you put it on the contract, and you sell that contract to someone else. And then you get a fee because you found the deal. Fastest way to do it. Now, as far as a rehab, if you're going to do a rehab, I mean, I've made a lot of money off of rehab, but I was married to that project for two months. I could turn a project in two months, believe it or not, because I did contra I had contractors and I'd start marketing as soon as possible. So they were turned pretty quickly. But the long answer to your short question was wholesaling, fastest way, um, rehab, 60 days, buy and hold or after cash flow, realtors. Well, they're a whole different animal there. But notes specifically focus on cash flow because 
uh, you know, back in the day when I was growing up, they said uh, retire when you have three or four million dollars in the bank. But nowadays things have changed a little bit. They're looking at how much money do you need every month, create that cash flow, and then you should be okay for your retirement. So getting money in every month, getting a check deposited to my bank account every month because I invested a well, my most recent one is, is still a buy and hold in Florida. Um, but, you know, mostly it's, you got to look at your tax consequences and what you want to do. If you love rehabs, don't do it as a hobby. I, you know, and the difference between someone that's doing it professionally and someone that's doing it as a hobby is they don't want to hire the contractors. They think they could do the work themselves. Most often they can but they're going to be giving up their nights and the weekends and everything else. And that's, you can't turn it that fast. I didn't have the tools and equipment like these, these painters and these plumbers, and these electricians coming in to do my job, but I could do something that was fun. It's called a prehab where I could go with a sledgehammer and take out my aggressions for the day because we've had to take out a wall or we have to do, you know, take out cabinets or whatever to prehab it, I love prehabs because you can rip it down and not worry about it because someone's going to come back and fix it for you later. Another way that folks make money is looking for these rehabs, putting them in under contract, doing the initial cleanup, and then selling it at a higher rate or higher um, price to someone in the future. Like, you know, I take something down for $80,000, but it was worth $100. I could sell it to $100 and make $20,000 finder's fee, you know, and nobody needs a license to do that because you're not receiving money from someone for a service. You're working for yourself. Now, um, so now what is your day-to-day work right now? Are you spending your time doing, you know, some of those five real estate jobs or are you spending your time coaching people so they can pursue one of those five real estate jobs? Yes. And yes. Um, since I've already purchased my notes, they just sit there making money for me. So that's unless I decide to sell a few payments or I decide to sell the notes, then they just sit there making money for me every month. What I have been, um, what I'm recreating is the opportunity for folks to call me and have one-on-one calls. And I'm also going ahead and creating a new, and it's going to be free, a, a, a group where we can go in and start talking about these things. It's a cash flow group because when you talk about cash flow, whatever form or fashion it comes from, whether it's a real estate agent or, you know, someone holding properties, will give an opportunity to talk. And, and um, I have talked to folks one-on-one, you know, I'll give anybody 30 minutes. I mean, seriously, we all have to help each other nowadays, right? right. I'll give anybody 30 minutes to talk to, them, see where their interests are, see where they want to go, and then help them any way I can to achieve their goals and their dreams. Now in, um, in your life, you've gone through a lot of adventures and you've, um, (laughs) kind of almost, I don't want to say accidentally because I don't know if this was accidentally, but you've fell into real estate and you really kind of immersed yourself in, in all the different or not all, but a lot of the different paths and you found, you know, kind of the pros and cons and the trade-offs of each one. Cause each one, I'm sure you can be successful Um, And it might be the right fit depending on your personality type and your goals. Um, 
what has been the most rewarding part of this adventure thus far for you? Has it been really now you're at a stage in your life where it is about having a legacy and giving back and teaching that next group how to kind of uh, leverage real estate for their um, benefit? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a mix of things because when you sit there and you look at it at this level and you wonder what you can do next, it's obvious that you want to go and try to help people. Um, and I didn't come by accident on this. My dad can't got out of the air force after 30 years when we went back to San Francisco where he was from. And he started going to these FHA and VA auctions with my uncle and they started picking up properties. And then they looked at Gail. <laughs> I was 10 years old at the time, for goodness sake. But they found out that I like to paint and clean houses. So that was my start. I was a 10-year-old kid helping my dad and uncle do rehabs. And then I became my dad's, um, you know, I started working at my dad's real estate office. And then I eventually took over his office management because it was a small office. But then life took me to Hawaii after that. But that was actually my start. Was that long ago? Nineteen seventy. Wow! So you, so you've been a, your whole life has been. I mean, every your begin your first dollars were real estate dollars. They were, and it's funny because my whole family's in, in real estate. I've got you know a sister that her and her husband they make subdivisions. I got a, Cal, a cousin in California; he's a contractor. A lot of us are in real estate. That's so weird. And then I started looking back in um, my family history. And this is kind of an aside, but it's funny. I'm living in Western North Carolina now. Not far from me, one of my great-grandfathers was buying property and selling it to his family because they got land grants back in the day. Wow. And he was trying to convince everybody to move to Tennessee and North Carolina. <laughs> and I just discovered this. And I'm like, how creepy is that? I came about this like 200 years ago, and I'm not even living very far from where it started. land that right. I didn't even know. It's right. full circle, literally. It is. But, you know, as far as the satisfactions, it depends on what profession. Because anytime you hand someone the keys to a new house at a closing, oh, that's, that's, that's amazing. Um, anytime you send a letter, you know, I've, I've called my borrowers. Now, I'm not a collector, so you got to be real careful. But I've told them, hey, I want to help you. And they're like, why do you care? I sat there and wrote letters to that bank trying to get them to help me. Now, why are you helping me? I'm like, because I'm called the bank of me and I can do what I want. I don't have FDIC and everybody else jumping down my back. I have no regulatory requirements, again, except usury laws. So I can help these people. And when you call someone and you told them that you're going to work with them and do a loan modification, the responses have been everything from tears to disbelief on their side. And that just fills you full of joy. And then when you do a rehab... Of course, all your contractors are loving you every Friday afternoon. And then when you give that person a brand new house, that has been, well, a brand new used house that they've fixed up, make it pretty again. It's unbelievable. It, there's so much satisfaction in the real estate industry. But the main thing is, is keeping people in safe, comfortable homes. Because this is one thing I'll, I, I will share with you. And it's a kind of a difficult time, but it's my driving factor. There was a time in my life, and people don't believe this because of how my life has been, but it was right after my mom died, and my dad married this crazy woman, and I hit the streets at 16. I left home at the age of 16. 
Wow. And for one year, I, I was homeless. And I worked on farms, and I worked in people's houses, and I did everything I could until I could get back to California and get my life back. Now, that right there is why I am so driven in real estate, because I know what it's like not to have a safe place to call home to put your head at night. And that's something I don't share with everybody. Wow. Well, Gail, congratulations on all the success, and it's just an amazing story. Um, if somebody wants Thank to, you. if somebody wants to learn more about, um, you know, your coaching or your business and, and your generous offer of thirty minutes, uh, is there a website they can go to uh, contact you or get a hold of you or somebody on the team? Well, we are rebuilding our our website right now. Unfortunately, we're going to recreate it. It's at www.gailthenotegal.com. Pretty easy to remember. If you go to that site right now, you'll see me in my previous life as a um, very proud NASA uh, propellant technician and environmental person, all those other fun things I did the 26 years I was out there, standing in front of an orbiter on the back of a shuttle carrier aircraft. Pretty cool picture, but that won't be what my website is. My website's going to be a place where people can go to find out about my calling me, um, you know, the coaching, my book, and um, my email is gail at noteworthypro.com. Everybody can use that, get in touch with me. And, um, you know, you can find my book on Amazon. It's not that expensive, but I've, I've really been very proud of how well that came out. Or they can buy it on Audible. I mean, I actually did my own Audible audiobook. <laughs> you ever done an audiobook? Oh, wow. That's a job. My throat was... <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy. But see, I wanted to do it in my own voice, you know, Right. and my throat was raw. And I was talking to my, um, you know, my the person that did my um, the final edit is out of Nashville. He was awesome. But they can, you know, buy it anyway. I think my audible book is right now like 99 cents. Pretty cheap. But it's got a lot of content. Yeah, and that book is called Real Estate, What's Your Best Fit? Five Proven Careers to Create Massive Wealth and How You Can Achieve Financial Freedom. And I just bought one uh, for 99 cents. So uh, I just, as we spoke, you made a sale. So thank you. Uh, It was was great for you to share your story. And thank you so much for doing that. And the website, gailthenotegal.com, has has a contact button and it has phone numbers Mm -hmm. so please reach out to gail Mm -hmm. uh thank you again gail you're doing important work and we appreciate you well i appreciate you and i am grateful that you've given me a voice to get out to folks so hopefully we can go ahead and get some folks started you know there's a lot of folks that really don't want to go back to an office environment or they're not sure exactly what's going to happen now so maybe this is a consideration either full-time or part-time or is it a side job of, of looking at real estate Right. And it gives you the flexibility and like, you know, it's kind of a choose your own adventure like you get to describe in your book. And I'm excited to learn more about it. Well, thank you. And I appreciate you having me on today, Mr. Cantor. I really do. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio.